Kia ora, good morning and welcome into Izzy and Kepi for breakfast on a hump day, Wednesday morning. Izzy, uh, mate, how are you feeling, brother? How are you feeling after a, a big day of mahi yesterday? <laughs> I'm feeling good, feeling good. Uh, one thing I love about this this radio gig is the awesome people that we that tune in every single day that offer up their, their help. I, I had some good help yesterday. I had obviously Mark Shaw from PGG Rights and Turf. And uh, he gave me a, a well, big hand. He's helped me out with the seed, um, everything in regards to equipment needed. Um, I went down to Kennard Tire and got me a lawn scarifier and started uh, scarifying the lawn. And during the process, uh, a beautiful, a wonderful man from, from Otago, who's a listener on our show, Brad Thompson. Brad, he works at Otago Golf Club. He's the one that rips us, rips me out about stopping all the ponies, shares all his <laughs> NBA tips and power plays and everything like that. Uh, he gave me a hand as well. So he, gave, he led me in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, I, I started it. I just got the scarifying done, and I look up above the roof, and there's this dark black cloud coming. And I'm like, okay. I ring Mark up, and I said, hey, go, Mark. He goes, mate, what are you up to? I said, oh, I'm outside doing the scarifying. He's like, mate, get inside. There's horrible weather coming your way. I said, nah, nah, nah. It ain't coming. Anyway, I said, keep going, and then bang. I reckon golf ball-size hail, non-stop, like, Bucketing down awesome. for about 10 to 15 minutes. Just what you need. And I, I know, and I put up a little social on my uh, Instagram page, and the whole lawn was covered in hailstones. It was complete white. It was a whiteout. Um, and I got caught out in it with the scarifier, so it would have been funny if you were out there watching me. I was running in with the scarifier, and the, the golf ball size hail was hitting me on the side of the head. It was painful. Um, so that, that put a halt to my work in the morning for an hour or so, which allowed me to watch the cricket, which was good. Watch the first innings and Sophie does, uh, do, um, Susie Bates and Bazaden help obviously leading us to a good start in the cricket. So that allowed me to do that. And then went back out in the afternoon and finished off the job, went down and got some topsoil, put the seed down with a little bit of fertiliser, put the topsoil back down on top. And uh, had a very successful day. I've still got to put a bit more topsoil down. I want to level it out a bit more, and, and probably raise it. Um, I'll put some. I'll send you some photos of what I mean. Okay. Uh, it's a busy day. So, busy day, and then went straight to the kids' prize giving. I was out there till quarter past five, twenty past five, and at night my wife comes out. Hurry up! We got to go. Prize giving at six o'clock. Went to uh, the prize giving, and it was a good day. Mate, busy a massive day. day. I tell you, the, the most impressive thing is we haven't had to play country clueless yet. So that that sounds like you mate you actually maybe got it nailed. You didn't actually clueless it up. Oh, I'm getting I'm getting used to it. Okay. Yeah, I was pretty proud of myself. I'm pretty I'm pretty chuffed with what I've been able to do. Today might be a bit of a country clueless. I'm gonna head down to Kennards again. I've hired a tractor with a uh, slasher on the back. I've got to slash the uh, the paddocks. So look, I don't know what's in those paddocks. When you get a bit of long grass, there could be a bit of wire, but old fence posts, there'd be something. So hopefully I don't wreck the slasher. Um, so another busy day. Another busy day for the dagger. We've got a busy day right here too on Izzy and Kevin for breakfast. Uh, Ryan Fox, ahead of Chasey the Fox, he is going to join us after 7. Around 7.40, Dave Latelli is uh, back uh, doing uh, some good work for Meet the Need. We'll find out what that's all about, how you can get involved as well. And then after 8, a bloke who I think, uh, whose idea it might have been to start Country Clueless, actually, uh, after some of your <laughs> stories, Baz McCullum joins us. 
Yeah, Brendan McCullum's coming on after 8 o'clock. Be good to chat to Baz. He actually just messaged me last night. And uh, the only reason he's probably messaging me is he's trying to sell a share in his horse. I said, mate, get out of here. You got no chance. Uh, he actually rang me yesterday. And I said, what's this guy ringing me and, and messaging me all, all, all of a sudden? And then I thought, okay, he's got some horses that need to be sold shares. Okay, I, I know what he's up to. So I said, look, come on the show tomorrow at 8 o'clock and I'll think about it. So he's going to come on and uh, we'll have a chat to Baz what he's up to. And, oh, no, plans for next year. I think he's in India. They've got a series over in India in January, so... Big year ahead for Bears. Yeah, massive year. Uh, so we'll talk to all of them. Plus, we've got uh, about a million tickets to the cricket to give away. Um, I, Have in Christchurch. In Christchurch, White Ferns, Black Caps, you name it. We've got tickets to give away. So stay tuned for how you can score yourself tickets to White Ferns and Black Caps games uh, between now and Christmas as well. Also got a $100 Adidas Golf voucher to give away, and that is with Who Am I? Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz slash golf. T's and C's apply. Clue number one, I was born in Blenheim, but represented the Waikato. I was born in Blenheim, but represented the Waikato. Who am I? Double A, yeah, double look, three. Yeah, look, I think Robbie's uh, been far too nice today. Um, obviously, the first clue is hard. Yeah. But you, you, you go down the clues. I get the luxury of seeing the clues, and it's really obvious. Five, so have a go. Have two a or clue three? Where did you get it? Two. Two. Okay, because I'll tell you. Well, I'll, one gives it away. Does it? Yeah. Okay. If you know the bloke. All oh, right, if you know the bloke. Well, there you go. There's another clue, as he knows the bloke. If you know the person. Ah, <laughs> there we go. Jeez, no wonder you're not in charge of doing these things. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Do you know the person? Do you know the person? Uh, let's crack on with this. Uh, now, the three big questions of the day. Yesterday, I saw a story that TJ Peranara wants his All Blacks jersey back. I look at our halfback stocks, even though that we've lost Aaron Smith. Do you think he gets his All Black jersey back in 2024? Oh, th- it's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be real hard. you got Finlay Christie, Cam Roygaard. I think his first battle starts at, at, at Wellington, at the Hurricanes. Obviously, Cam, Cam Roygaard having a stellar year last year. Probably should have played in the playoffs, but didn't. Um, that's the battle. And how Clark Laidlaw plays that little battle out. Like, what a luxury when you've got two quality nines. He's got, he's got to get his Achilles right first. I think he's only operating at 70%. But I do back him. The competitor he is, he will give it his everything for sure. But there's just so much talent in New Zealand at the moment. You've got Cortez Ratama that's playing for the Chiefs. I, I reckon he's going to have a standout year for the, for the Chiefs. You've still got Falau Fakatava who's been knocking on the door for a couple of years. A little bit of doubts around his control and management of the game. If he can tinker with that and work that out, I think he'll be knocking on the door. Um, But being a a good friend of TJ, I back him to have a genuine crack. Played 80 tests. You know, they haven't got a hell of a lot of experience in in the nine jersey. Losing Aaron Smith was a a big loss. So a lot of that experience relies on on, uh, Finlay Christie. Finlay Christie's going to carry the baton there mm. at nine. So it depends what Scott Robinson wants to do. He's lost so much experience already in this All Blacks team. Bringing an experienced guy like TJ Perinata, if he's playing well, would be the right choice. But in saying that, man, there's some quality out there. 
So yeah, some real. I mean, like we've lost Brad Weber and Aaron Smith. What do you reckon? But yeah, like mm. you look, like you said, Cam Roygaard, um, Cortez Ratama has been. Yeah, he's he's been outstanding actually. I, I think you know mm. he's an All Black in the making. Yeah. yeah as you say, Finlay Christie, Falau Fakatava. There's plenty of talent around. I think it's all uphill for no, TJ to be honest. Not yet. No, no Hotham. Yep. He was very good last year for the Crusaders at a limited time. And when he's shot off to the 20s, I know the Crusaders tried their very best to keep him for the for the playoffs, but wasn't meant to be. So it's an uphill battle, but knowing TJ, the competitor he is, he will give it his everything, and he'll, he'll be knocking on the door. He'll be making Scott Robinson be wary of his, his game. Round two. Now Lydia Coe and Jason Day paired up over the weekend. Who'd be the ultimate playing partner for you, mm. Mm. someone who's got a, a a strong back. Yeah, I'd probably say Rory McIlroy. Okay, if I was going to have a crack, because <laughs> he'd be carrying the workload. Okay, I'd give him seven shots. You know, so I might be able to par the odd hole, and which will count for a birdie. I love the format. It was the first time since 1999 that they've played a mixed format from LPGA and PGA players, and it was a huge success at the Grant Thornton. Lydia Ko, she's had a mixed year, and she's finished, finishing on a win on a high note was was awesome for her. Um, so, if I was going to have a a female golfer, I'd go Lids. Yeah, I'd have a crack at me and Lydia teaming up. We've got a, a pretty good relationship, friendship, and I think it'll be it'll be enjoyable, good fun. Yeah, nice. All right, and finally, round three. Turkish Super League uh, yesterday, the club president of one of the Turkish uh, Super League teams uh, ran on the field after uh, his team had conceded a 96-minute equaliser to draw one all. He punched the referee in the face, knocked him to the ground, and then he and several other people kicked the referee while telling them they were going to kill him. Um, He's been arrested, and uh, all football in Turkey has been suspended until further notice uh, by the Turkish Football Association. What should happen to this Turkish club president after this? Well, he's assault. I don't know the rules in Turkey, but assault's pretty uh, pretty serious, isn't it? So you'd have to say he's going to go potentially face prison time. You see the mark he left on that, mm. that referee's eye, like... Yes, we all get infuriated, we all get frustrated the hell, but to run on the field and do that, that, that is crazy. I, I reckon there's going to be severe punishment, to be honest, Ricardo. Like, football's got its problems already with fan, fan bu- uh, you know, abuse, uh, racism, uh, referees. And don't get me wrong, um, th- there's times to have an opinion, but words are words. Actions and using physical fisticuffs isn't, the way about it, I, I think there's going to be a severe punishment to set an example from Turkey uh, officials, maybe from the FIFA, you know, UEFA officials to just put a line in the sand. What, like, you see that as a footballing fan, what are you thinking? Well, I think this. I think it's a lifetime ban from football. I don't, I don't think yeah, it can be. Gone. Yeah, that's gone. Uh, aside from anything else that happens in the legal system, lifetime ban from football. I would be surprised if there's punishments on the club. Maybe the club get relegated, to, uh, automatic relegation, um, things like that. Uh, because, mm. as you said, you know, heat of the moment. This isn't heat of yep. the moment, though. He's the club president. Mm. He'll be in a box with all the fish heads. 
and this has mm. happened. And he's had time. He's to a get, leader in that club. He's a leader. But not only that, like if you're on the field or if you're directly yeah. on the sideline, I don't excuse it, but that's heat of the moment. If you've got time mm. to get from the, your corporate box down through the stands, down the, you've got time to process that. Mm. You've got time to cool down. You've got time to think about it. There is no excuse for that, none whatsoever. So I think that they throw the book at him. Sure, he'll get all the legal stuff. He'll be charged with assault. Um, over in Turkey, because uh, the referee is deemed a public official, it's basically mm. the same as hitting a cop. Basically, right? Wow. So that's so he's in some serious trouble there. So from a legal point of view, yes, but also from a football point of view, I think it's a lifetime ban from football, from any foot, being involved in any football activities at all outside of it. You paint else. a good picture. You paint a great picture. Like you're coming down from the stands, you are infuriated, you're frustrated as hell, but you've got time to think about how am I going to go about this. He walked up, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He walked around that circle, punched him right in the, in the eye, left a hell of a mark, and then he's walked off like nothing's a problem. And it all erupted. Uh, I think this is going to be serious uh, consequences for Farouk Korka, which is uh, the president of the club. And um, the football, footballing world, mm. is this probably the most insane thing you've seen from it, a footballing point of view? It'll be up there. This it's, is the this is the icing on the cake, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I mean, probably the most insane thing I think up until now I'd seen was Zidane headbutting Matarazzi at the at the World Cup completely off the ball because of mm. what he said. And like in that context, everybody was like, "What the hell just happened?" Like that was shocking. Yeah. But this is this. That pales in comparison to this. This is next level. Referees' abuse is going too far at the at the moment. And when I say abuse, it's trolling. It's directive to, um, you know, to hurt someone physically. What? Opinions and mm. and having a say on someone's performance is not abuse. That's been up front. Everyone can have an opinion. A- abuse is physically threatening someone's life family and then going and, and making it a physical altercation. Yep, 100%. And that's not just a football problem, obviously. We've seen it just after the Rugby World Cup. How yeah. many referees have retired mm. after the Rugby World Cup because of that same thing? Two, is it? Two. Yeah, Tom Foley and uh, Wayne Barnes. So, yeah, uh, need to do better, need to be better on that front. Mm. Um, but there you go. That is our triple threat. Keen to hear from you, double eight, double three. Uh, I guess the big one, uh, for us here, TJ Perenara wants his All Blacks jersey back mm. in 2024. Will he get it back? What do you think? Twenty double eight double three. Will we see TJ Perenara back in an All Blacks jersey in 2024? Double eight double three. Hit us up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. It is 6.24 here on SENZ. It's Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. 0800 150 Plenty to chat. Uh, we've got uh, TJ Perenara. Will he get his black jersey back in 2024? What do you think? Double eight, double three. Also, as he mentioned, we've got a ton of mm. cricket tickets to give away. It is a massive summer of cricket here on SENZ. We've got all the commentaries for all the big games, domestic and international. And uh, we're going to cross to the cricket desk now. And Robbie's going to explain to you how you can score yourself a double pass to the cricket. Oh, it's very simple. Um, it, it is the big Wednesday cricket ticket giveaway. And we have got 10 tickets to give away for each of the following games, right? So 
there's there's a lot of words, so I got to I got to get through this. So it's White Ferns versus Pakistan this Friday, December fifteenth in Christchurch. Yep. Then the White Ferns play Pakistan on Monday, December eighteenth, also in Christchurch. Right. The Black Caps play Bangladesh on Sunday, December seventeenth in Dunedin. That's the first ODI. Second ODI, Black Caps versus Bangladesh on Wednesday, December twentieth in Nelson, and Black Caps versus Bangladesh on Saturday, December twenty third in Napier. That's the third ODI. So to be in to win. Text us, double eight double three, full name, email, what game you want to go to, how many tickets you want, who you're taking, and why. And if you do miss out before 9 o'clock, don't worry, because all shows have tickets to give away right up until 6 p.m. So just keep listening to SNZ. Robbie, the Monday game, uh, the third game against Pakistan, the one in Christchurch, what time does that start? It's a good question. It is I, a good question. Yep. I only ask good questions. It's what I do. I'll have a look. Uh, White Ferns. Monday. Oh, yeah, m- Monday, 2pm. 2pm, because you know what happens on Monday? I think at most schools, knock off for the year at 1 o'clock. Oh, well, there you go. So if you wanted something to do with the kids on Monday, after they finish school, boom, grab yourself Mate, a couple of Friday. tickets. Are you Friday? Friday. Midday. Oh. <laughs> These kids. Oof. Don't know they're born. <laughs> hey, all the time they get, they get off. Shorter and shorter. <laughs> and I think they're going to go back till February now, nah, something like that. But. Yeah. Uh, thanks yeah, thanks to the time. Cricket Desk. Double eight, double three. Uh, if you want tickets, you know how to do it. Double eight, double three, hit us up and we will hook you up with cricket tickets. And got to say, Izzy, it was a great uh, mm. performance from the from the White Ferns yesterday. I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I had a bit of doubt in my head after a pretty poor T20 series. Well, we had Maya Lewis on yesterday, and it was great to chat to Maya about what does she want to see, what does she expect, and she spoke heavily about the top order. The pressure is on that top order to fire, and wow, did they what? Susie Bates, 108, uh, getting the uh, 13th century in ODI level, and then she was uh, followed by Bezadenhout with 86, obviously ran out which was un- unfortunate circumstances for her. She was on her way to her maiden test uh ODI ton, uh, that was her highest score uh, to, to date anyway, so a very uh, solid performance. And then Millie Kerr come in, shoots 83, and then the one and only Sophie Devine, 70 from 36. She hit six sixes, half a dozen sixes I think, and seven balls or eight balls or something ludicrous. It was crazy to win by uh, 131 runs. So a pretty nice performance from the, the White Ferns to... Gained some confidence and some, some good bowling as well. There were some power plays that we put on yesterday with Paulie Moati, which eventuated, so hopefully you got paid. A couple of good ones there paying six bucks. Robbies didn't quite pay out, but that's okay. 165 opening wicket. Great start to the ODI, which takes their, I think, their 14-1 and one now against Pakistan. How unlucky is Robbie? Robbie bet that the top five would all get to double figures the top four all did, but they all went so hard so long that the fifth batter <laughs> stayed not out but didn't have enough time to get to double figures, Robbie. You oh, gutted. It was, it was looking so good. Um, and then I was like, Matt, Maddie Green came in with 10 balls to go. I was like, I back her. But of course, she just rotated yeah. the strike to Sophie Devine. <laughs> <laughs> What'd she end up on? Uh, four not out of four balls. <laughs> Yeah, not great. <laughs> Spew. And Mark and Tauranga was better off, though. He got on Bates, Devine and Kerr all to score 30-plus at five bucks. Had a nice wee fill-up. Yeah, there you go. There was, I think it was 50-plus, too. Yeah, there um, was. Was paying seven, 
seven bucks, nine bucks maybe potentially if they all got 50 plus. Well, there you go. If you got on that and you stay tuned to Paulie Muari, we would have got you paid. I didn't follow. That's why it all eventuated and, and paid dividends. So well done. Now, we've got a couple of texts through regarding Caleb Clark. Uh, Dale said, did you guys see Caleb mm. Clark training with South? So actually, Tony Adams, the rugby league mole, got in touch with me two days ago and said, I'm hearing there's an all-black going to sign with a Sydney-based rugby league club. And I was mm. like, I wonder who that could be. Now, Caleb Clark hasn't signed for South, but he's obviously training for South, with South, and that's where that's come from. Charlie has suggested that he should go and play league because he'll never make the All Blacks again. What do you reckon? Is he? I think he will play league at some point. Oh, he, I think he'd be a great league player. Uh, he's, a, he's an athlete. He's got good feet. Um, he can beat a man. He's good size. He's good in the air. Uh, if there was going to be a player that could make the switch and, and dominate, Caleb Clark's that man, for sure. He, I love what he's about, though. He's had a tough year, and it'll be easy just to continue on with the same trajectory and journey that you've been on, but he's made a change. He's gone over. He's got in touch with uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He's good mates with Latrell Mitchell, and he's gone and tested himself over there. And by all accounts, he didn't look out of place when he was training. Um, Jason Demetrius, the coach, spoke about it and said he'd be a great fit. I wouldn't be surprised. He signed here till the end of the year. That after this year, he moves on and goes and has a genuine crack at it. I go. think he'll go good too. All right, keep your texts rolling through. Double eight, double three. A reminder that thanks to Chemist Warehouse, we have a Christmas fragrance pack to give away each day this week for the best text of the day. Chemist Warehouse is the real house of fragrances this Christmas and all at unbeatable prices. Time to catch up with Johnny Mack. He is back with the latest in news for us. Thanks to Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. 27 away from 7 here on SENZ. It is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Power through till the end of the year with Bunnings Trade. Here are some sports news headlines for you. And uh, leading uh, the, the way is Auckland City are about to kick off at the FIFA Club World Cup. The uh, teams are out. Connor Tracy starting in goal. Christian Gray, Jordan Vale, Michael Den Denhai, Nate Lobo, Mario Illich, uh, among the starters, Cam Housen in there as well. Liam Gillian starting at the nine position. Uh, you talk about all those guys. Some of them have played for New Zealand at different different levels, etc. But look at the team they're up against. It is Etihad Jeddah, uh, Kareem Benzema, former Ballon d'Or winner. He's leading the attack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have also got N'Golo Kante, uh, Chelsea in France, uh, former player who's obviously won the World Cup with France. Fabinho, the former Liverpool midfielder is also in this team, so uh, they have got uh, their work cut out for them. Uh, there's an there's a st- absolutely stacked team uh, that the uh, uh, Etihad Jeddah have put up, and that game kicks off in around 25 minutes' time. So we'll uh, bring you up What chance do you give us? Oh, I think at the uh, TAB they were paying like, uh, what are they, odds here? Paying 26s. Oh. Yeah, the draw's 13. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that competition, eh? Because you've got a bunch of, um, I think there was sort of reading teachers, delivery drivers, and so on, taking on Kareem Benzema, Ballon d'Or winner, paid millions a week. 
yeah. to play. And it's, it's like these players, you spoke about Ivan Vasilic the other day, like standing amongst the greatest, the greats of, of the game. It's such a cool format. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Get up, Auckland FC. Oh, mate, it'd be great if Auckland City could pull off a result here. It'd be massive mm. for the club if they could do that. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date with those scores as they come through. The Team USA are going to play two showcase games in London at the O2 Arena ahead of the Paris Olympics next summer. Uh, the national team will play South Sudan on July 20 and then face Germany on July 22. South Sudan is one of the basketball stories of the year. They and they qualify for the Olympics. It was uh, This is something that they'll probably make a movie out of at some point. Qualify for the Olympics at the World Cup with a team pretty much made up of refugees because there's war right through there. Um, so that's that's an amazing uh, effort and great to see them getting an opportunity uh, awesome. for some screen time. Germany are the reigning world champions and beat the US in the World Cup semis in September. So a bit of revenge, I think, on the minds of Team USA. And how's this? Benny Elias, absolute legend of the West Tigers in New South Wales, has described the Tigers' decision to sack their entire board as the cl- club's greatest step forward in a decade. The embattled club followed the recommendations of an independent internal review and the board was dismissed on Tuesday afternoon. Controversial duo Chairman Lee Hadjipintelis and Chief Executive Justin Pascoe have both departed after months of calls from supporters for them to leave. Elias said this has got to be the turning point and now we've got to replace the, the board with credible people. They need to do a thorough recruitment process of the people that they are going to take it on from here because it's a big job. Former New South Wales Premier Barry O'Farrell is becoming the chairman and ex-Rabbitohs Chief Executive Shane Richardson is replacing Pasco on an interim basis. It's probably the way they're leading the way in terms of sporting franchises, aren't they? A lot of franchises around the world. We spoke about Man United quite a lot. Um, whether that will will happen, time will tell. But when you're not making the finals appearances for 12 years and you've been out of the loop and you're absolutely struggling for a club that has won a premiership and you're trying to start from the ground up, well, you've got to have a complete washout, don't you? Complete uh, fill out and, and get everything gone. So this is a good step in the right direction. Benny Elias, the great of the Tigers, giving... Uh, Benji, uh, everything possible. Yeah. Good, good fresh start. It's the best thing for Benji. And I tell you, this has been in the mix for a long time because we've been hearing, you know, all these coaches. I think Michael Maguire even said something about it. Tim Sheens has mentioned it. They've had all these great coaches mm. through there that have done good things elsewhere, but it's just an absolute uh, dumpster fire of a club. And, the, the, you know, they, mm. they keep running through coaches and everybody was going, this guy Pasco's an idiot. We need to get rid of him. And 10 mm. years later, it's finally happened. <laughs> Step in the right directions for my beloved West Tigers. Get up. Get up, the Tigers indeed. And I want to talk to you about a bit about this as well. Uh, Shohei Otani's historic contract with the Dodgers is going to mm. see him defer of a $70 million a salary one. a year. He's deferring $68 million of it, right? So that basically means that by the time he finishes his 10-year deal, they still owe him $680 million. He's doing it apparently to lower the team's payroll and potential tax burden. It was his idea, apparently. Uh, and no. Then, yeah, well, that's what they're saying. They're, they're saying he was motivated by the thought of helping the Dodgers sign other players and making it easier uh, by offloading his off-field earnings, right? So 
Between 2034, which is when his 10-year deal is over, and 2043, they have to pay him $68 million. But what it does in the meantime is it stops him getting taxed by the league for paying too much per year because you get done on per year so they can build a roster around him. So it's a 20-year deal, essentially. Yeah. He's going to get $2 million a year for 10 years. Yes. $680 million for the next 10 years. And... You'd have to say, is this a smart deal in terms of the Dodgers' ownership and Shohei Atani? Will they, the MLB, make adjustments because of this? Because this is making a mockery of, of the draft, of the signing, of player contracts. Or is this the new wave? Is this the new way of doing business in the terms of sports when you're trying to sign these players for ludicrous amounts of money? Well, I think they have to look at it, Major League Baseball, because as you say, you know, it's it's all about parity. The way that U.S. Mm. sports is run, the idea is that you know, sort of, basically, it's cyclical. Uh, teams that suck get better, the better young players coming through, so that in five, ten years' time they're competitive. So you go through these cycles, and you're always got a chance that your team's going to win. Um, so I think they have to do something about this because we talked about it the other day. Mm. I think it's the Baltimore Orioles and the um, Oakland A's both pay their entire rosters less than Otani is being paid. Um, which mm. is which is crazy. It's hardly a level playing field. And don't worry about Shohei Atani. Is if you're worried about mm. how he's going to get by on just two million a year. Oh no no no. That, that no. He also He'll be getting marketing endorsements everything. Yeah, forty five million dollars <laughs> annually in endorsements. So that's not even counted <laughs> in there. And the LA uh, the LA uh, Dodgers um, uh, they reckon will make about twenty million annually off uh, his marketability and image rights. Yeah. So, so he's going to be fine. Yeah, offsetting. But it. everyone's everyone's trying to find a way to to pay less tax. This is all about tax in terms of the ownership group. Now, from a government government point of view, everyone's got to pay tax unless you find a loophole. Is this a loophole? Yeah, this is a totally a loophole. So when I say tax, they have a league tax. So mm-hmm. that there is a effectively like a salary cap, and every uh, every dollar you spend over that, you get taxed a dollar. So, like, if you if if you're the LA Dodgers and you spend a hundred million dollars over your salary cap, then you have to pay the league a hundred million dollars. That's yep. kind of how it yep. works, right? Okay. So, uh, but Todd Bowley, who owns the Dodgers, also owns Chelsea, and the Premier League have just moved to close a loophole he found there. So, with financial fair play, once again, it's taken calendar year by calendar year. But what he found is, if I sign, if I if he signed you as he to a contract. Um, uh, for say I don't know twenty million or whatever. So he, he bought you for twenty million your contract. He's giving mm. pe- players eight year deals, so you can actually spread that twenty million over eight years. So it doesn't impact your financial fair play as much. Well, the league is onto this because yep. he's done this with a bunch of players, and now the Premier League's closed that loophole. And the longest you can spread it over is five years. And I think the MLB are going to do the same because this is unf- unfair for for a lot of the other teams. You think of the Oakland A's like. They probably can't afford to go and pay a big player this this amount of money. When you've got the LA Dodgers that are able to stack their team to be World Series winners, yeah, good on them. But I don't see the MLB because this will be just one a one sided affair in terms of the teams that can af- have affordability to pay for these big players. So I think there's going to be more coming out of this for sure because it's unfair playing field, and the uh, the smaller teams are going to struggle to to encourage and entice these players to come and play for them. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. They need to do something uh, about it. But uh, Shane has just texted us on double eight double three, saying that the MLB is allowed deferred payments for decades. 
So maybe mm. they have shot themselves in the foot with that power through. Well, maybe your... with the media coverage, yeah, that this has caused. This might be the line in the sand or stake in the ground to, to put a stop to it. To change things, yeah. Power through your end-of-year jobs with Bunnings Trade. When we come back, Izzy's got love racing. It is 12 away from 7 on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three is how you get hold of us, particularly if you want to win yourself some tickets to the cricket between now and Christmas. We've got plenty of those to give away throughout the day. So double eight, double three if you want to score those tickets. But uh, Izzy, uh, we're going to do a Love Racing update. What have you got for us, loveracing.nz, your home of thoroughbred racing? The lottery that is the race game. The stellar racing career of dual Group 1 winner Prowess is over. The daughter of Prosier developed a foot issue and has undergone treatment at a rehabilitation centre. However, a veterinary examination spelled the end of her racing career with a focus now turning towards a breeding career for New Zealand's reigning champion middle distance horse. The mayor has developed a foot issue following a return from Australia. Vet Greg Quinn said in a statement, initially the mayor showed signs consistent with the mild foot bruising. She appeared to respond well to management changes and returned to the stable with a view to return to work. Due to persistent signs of some increased heat in the left forefoot and a very low-grade discomfort, she transitioned to a local rehabilitation centre as signs of increased heat in the left foot, front foot survey radiographs were obtained. These showed that there had been shift in her pedal bone position consistent with laminitis over the last few weeks. Due to the degree of changes present in the left foot, the mare will require, will require a period of specialist uh, farrier treatment and rehabilitation. Once changes in laminitis have developed to this degree, it is very uncommon for the horse to return to stresses of racing. Her response to the treatment will be monitored closely over the next few weeks and months, and the current aim is to restore her foot to a condition that will set her up for a breeding career. Purchased by Ray, uh, trainers Roger James and Robert Wellwood out of Hallmark Studs 2021 New Zealand Bloodstock Book Year Sealing Sale for 230000 Prowess went on to win eight and place in three of her 12 starts and accrued more than $1.5 million in prize money. She won her sole start as a juvenile before returning to first up to win first up at three before placing in the GR3 Sokoi Stakes 1400 metre Group 1. On the New Year's Day, she won the Group 2 uh, Auckland Guineas at Pukekohe and later last month she claimed the Karaka Million three-year-old classic. She continued to win as the GR2 David and Karen Ellis Phillies Classic at Tarapa a month later before claiming her first Group 1 in the Bone Crusher New Zealand Stakes. Wait for age. Australia was a uh, beckoning for the talented filly. She was able to show her talent across the, the ditch, claiming the GR won binary stud stakes at Rose Hill by three and a quarter lengths. So there you go. Prowess, the great mare that uh, gave us uh, a lot of joy, has been retired, and I'm sure we'll be breeding some absolute champions going forward. Yeah, we'll have to talk to Baz about that after 8 o'clock when he comes mm. on. No doubt he's already thinking about that. He will be, and he'll be all over it, and I'm sure he'll be at the sales when Prowess produces its uh, first foal going forward. Yep. See if he can give us an indication what he thinks the price will be. <laughs> It'll be plenty. <laughs> Group one, black type, he'll be going for plenty. 230000 for that purchase. You'd have to say uh, money well spent, $101.5 in stakes. It was going on to be one of the greatest horses. But that is the lottery of horse game. I've sold my horse, Pungo, he's gone. 
he's never to be seen again. So it's just it's a luxury, and it? it's it's a it's a lottery, I should say. It's a lottery and a luxury. Love Racing NZ for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles, and more. We are eight away from seven. Three away from seven on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three is how you get hold of us or 0800 150 Plenty of texts coming through. Uh, come on, Izzy. No difference in how the Crusaders take all the talent in New Zealand rugby. I think he's talking about the Dodgers deal with Shohei Atane. The dodgy deal? No, look, there's no dodgy deal about the Crusaders. Honestly, well, how do the Crusaders always get pulled up or pulled into conversation in regards to something that was played out in the MLB or anything when it comes to a team's success? Come on, man. Oh, they're, they're just, they're just very, they've got a very good pathway down here in, in Christchurch. They get out in the community. They have a really good academy with Aaron Webb, and he's doing great things. We've had him on the show a couple of times. People want to be a part of successful teams. And that's the same with Shohei Atani. He wants to be a part of a successful team. You cannot falter that. And they do not they do not tinker the books. I know for a fact because I didn't get any tinkering. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. I know for a fact because they should have paid me more. Um, uh, Mark sits through saying, watch Pungo win the in a row now. Oh, I don't know where he got sold to, but we sold him. Um, yeah, he just struggled. He had a few health problems towards the end. I wish we sold him to Hong Kong a while back, but that's that's uh, the horse game, and we'll, we'll go again one day. But I had a bit of fun. He took us to Derby Day, played a race in the Group 3 Carbine Stakes. He came fifth, J-Mac on top. Mate, it was an awesome experience to be able to sit there at Flemington up in the stands and and watch a horse go around. Gave me the, uh, gave me the little witch that uh, will give me hopefully have a little another dab with it. But right now, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, not for now, not for now. And uh, we do now. just a reminder: we've got uh, Baz McCullum coming on the show after eight o'clock. Also, Ryan Fox coming on the show after seven o'clock. So if you've got a question for either of those guys, now's your opportunity. Double eight, double three. Mm. Put your questions through. We'll make sure we get your questions to them uh, while they're on the show. Also, Dave Latelli in the next hour as well, talking about meet the need. We might also get his take on uh, the boxing game, December 23, and what he makes of that card as well. Uh, but doing good work again, Dave Latelli. The old brown butterbean, as I used to call him in his boxing days. We'll get his take on all of that. Foxy. After seven, double eight, double three. Questions for him right now. Here's Johnny Mack with the latest in news for Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is happy hump day, your Wednesday at five past seven. Coming up on the show this hour, Dave Latelli is going to join us to talk, uh, meet the need and a few other things. And also Ryan Fox, uh, he's joining us shortly to talk, chasing the fox and a few other things as well. It is tradies hour with night and day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. Uh, Who am I? Clue number two. This is for a $100 Adidas golf voucher. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Clue number two, I'm undefeated as a boxer. I'm undefeated as a boxer. Double eight, double three. If you know what the answer to that is, and a $100 Adidas golf voucher could be all yours. Okay, so there we go. That is what is coming up on the show 
uh, today and uh, your opportunity as well to win cricket tickets because we've got tickets, get this, for these games between now and Christmas. White Ferns versus Pakistan this Friday. White Ferns versus Pakistan Monday, though both those games are in Christchurch. And then Black Caps on Sunday in Dunedin against Bangladesh. Black Caps next Wednesday, December 20, in Nelson against Bangladesh. And Black Caps against Bangladesh, December the 23rd in Napier as well. That's a Saturday, all right? So if you want to win those tickets, double eight double three, your name, your email, and uh, we will get in touch with you and hook you up with tickets. If you don't, uh, if you're not successful uh, this uh, during our show, don't worry, there's more tickets right across the day. It is the big cricket ticket giveaway here Wednesday on SENZ. All right, let's welcome into the show the man they're all going to be chasing over the next couple of days, Ryan <laughs> Fox. G'day, Foxy. How you doing, buddy? Morning, boys. Is it uh, you, oh. you're, all, you're ripped and ready to go, mate? Across uh, across a couple <laughs> of uh, Auckland's finest courses. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, I've seen the forecast; it's going to be windy, so I think I've got my work cut out for me. With the, with the other boys playing Ambrose, and I'm playing Mine Ball, and I played Royal yesterday, and it's in a really good match. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be tricky out there, but it should be a lot of fun. The Fox, Chasing the Fox. Is there anything more coming up with the Foxy? Uh, yeah, we've got a, another <laughs> program at uh, Royal Auckland next week as well. So it's called the Ryan Fox Invitational. So, yeah, that's the full set. Yeah, that's outstanding. You're going to have to do a, a Ryan Fox a advent calendar uh, and, it's, <laughs> and, and, and it'll all be about foxholes. <laughs> well, I quite like that, actually. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey Foxy, you you you're raising money. You raised some money for the Waihi Surf Club last week at the Fox chasing the Fox. You're raising money for I Am Hope, mate. You had your first event last year, which was a huge success. Obviously, the talk was about John Keegan a hole in one, mate. What are you hoping for uh, on Thursday when when it all takes place? I mean, look, if we could have another hole in one for someone, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, that that made the event last year. With it was John's first as well, and I mean pretty hard to beat he had it in front of me his son uh a bunch of all blacks in the group and <laughs> and about three or four hundred people watching so for your first hole in one that's pretty impressive so i mean that it's just going to be a lot of fun we've got a great bunch of bunch of people playing um you know a lot of the teams have come back from last year which is cool we're raising a bit of money for i am hope and um i just don't want to disgrace myself basically that's that's what i'm hoping for for the most part go out and I, I gave the guys a run last year. Um, we've sort of adjusted the format, so it's probably a bit harder for me this year. So, yeah, hopefully I can go out and, and you know make a couple of birdies in those in those six holes and uh, you know make it slightly interesting for the guys at least. When you look at the teams, you've got the Olympians, Eric Murray, Simon Child, Billy Steadman, Rugby, Anton Leonard-Brown, Damian McKenzie, Will Jordan, Cricket, Mitch Santner, who's off a scratch or plus two, Lockie Ferguson, Ross Taylor, Politicians, Max Key, John Key, David Seymour, and Legends, Mike King, Josh Emmett, and Matt Boucher, who I follow on Instagram, you can hit a and shape a ball. When you think of those teams, who are your biggest threats? Uh, I reckon there's, there's three teams there. I think the team with, with Mac in it's going to be dangerous, um, just with purely with the format. Like, he's a decent golfer. Um, mm. And, you know, having a decent golfer in Ambrose makes a massive difference. Um, the cricket boys will be dangerous as well. Again, same thing with Mitch. You know, Lockie can play and, and Roscoe can hit a solid ball as well. But, 
you know, Mitch is a is a I think he has been a plus two or a plus three at one point. So he can he can really play. <laughs> so again that helps in the format. Um and I think the the Olympians might be dangerous as well. Uh, I mean I played a fair bit of golf with Eric. He plays off four, Simon Child plays off five or six. I'm not sure what Billy's like, but I you know, I know Simon last year hit some great shots with a bunch of people watching, so he's not not overly worried about the uh the occasion so yeah i think there'll be three teams to be to watch their big time and um actually i think the warriors team might be dangerous sean plays off about six doesn't he and wade egan apparently plays off about three. Oh, rugby's got no chance mate so you're saying anton <laughs> damien and will jordan are hackers how did they get the nod mate they can't carry the rugby the rugby uniform well, they did, they did a decent job last year. I mean, plus they were though all three of those boys were there when John Key had his hole in one. So maybe they counted as the lucky charm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe is your old man filthy? He didn't get the call up for the rugby team. No, I don't think he has any urge in playing in front of a bunch of people. To be honest, he's gonna he's gonna be there. Uh, I've got Bailey, um, the winner of the Ames Games, um, who's gonna caddy for me but I'm not sure he he will have might he might not be able to carry a tool bag for the for the day but he'll so dad's on backup duty for that but if he if Bailey's all good to carry the tour bag I think dad's going to be caddying for Mike King which will be pretty cool oh that'll be a great event can you just give us a little bit of detail on the the format like exactly how it plays out so the teams how much they play and how can they beat you and what happens if they do beat you and how will you feel um, yeah, so basically it's a six-hole Ambrose event. Um, so we've got you know, some corporates playing between ten and four, um, yep. and a few of the a few of the guys are playing as well. I think Jimmy Neesham's playing, and a couple of the ABs are playing in in the uh, corporate stuff before we tee off at five o'clock. Um, and it's it's purely six holes. I play my own ball, and the the teams of three play Ambrose. So literally the best shot out of all three of them they take, and they have to take one drive each over the six holes. Um, and then, yeah, it, it's it's going to. I think it's going to be hard for me this year. As I said, you know, last year we we had a format where it was more like a Florida scramble, which is if they take your shot, you can't hit the next shot. Um, so it was like, you know, two guys. I was playing two guys effectively, not three. Um, but yeah, this year is going to be a little harder for me, and I'm not quite sure what happens if they beat me. But I'm, I'm definitely expected <laughs> to beat them a couple of times at least. But I gave it a good run last year. I think I was two under through the six holes and tied with the cricket boys, and I'd three putted the last for for par to to tie with the cricket boys. So hopefully, I can go one better this year. How much do you know about your uh, your caddy, mate? Uh, Bailey Tepataro obviously went pretty good at the Ames Games. His third ever round of golf, and he wins a comp. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, obviously, I saw all the news articles and stuff like that, and he was it's inspirational what he did, and it's cool to see a youngster like him with with a passion for golf. And um, look, I, I don't, I, I I had a brief chat to him on on I think breakfast one morning, um, on a, doing a kind of interview and inviting him up, which was cool. And um, he seems like a, a really nice kid, and you know, hopefully, him and his family. Have a have a really good time up here on Thursday, and you know he can maybe learn a bit off me, or just have a have a cool experience, just being inside the ropes with a with a bunch of you know New Zealand sport sports stars and celebrities. 
Foxy, we're going to talk a little bit about your golf game. Um, you, you, you're struggling with a tennis elbow. Give us a little update on, on how that's gone. And talk to us about your year you've just had, mate. It was a really successful year, and you're reaping the rewards because you're going to play a lot on the PGA this year. Yeah, well, I start off with the second, but, I mean, obviously it was an amazing year. Uh, you know, I got to play yep. a bunch of events that I dreamed of playing playing in, which were, you know, the players, Bay Hill, mm. um, Jack's event, Memorial, I had uh, obviously the Masters as the big one there, um, and then yeah. you know winning Wentworth was was pretty amazing. Our flagship event on the on the DP World Tour, and um, you know I ticked off a bunch of goals this year. The biggest one being to get on the PGA Tour for 2024. So you know that's going to be really exciting um, next year. It's going to be quite different. You know, it's, I don't quite have a schedule set in stone. It's going to be a bit of a moving target, and taking the family over to the states and. You know, traveling around will be will be a lot different than what we're used to, but you know they're all good problems to have. And um, the end of the season for me was a little bit disappointing. I was fighting a little bit of tennis elbow, and I've had three weeks off now, and it's still I still feel a little bit. But doing the the rehab work and the exercises needed, and it's starting to settle down. And I've played golf the last couple of days and played pretty solid after not touching a club for three weeks. So hopefully, I can carry that into. Uh, Thursday and, and yeah, had a few good shots. After the year you've just had, Foxy, does the boat construction keep adjusting and changing? You're adding <laughs> length and size to it? I didn't add length and size to it, but I've definitely added a few things. Um, definitely after Wentworth, there was a couple of, uh, well, I may as well just add, I may as well change this or change that and put a few extra things in and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to be able to do that, and I've got delivery of it next week, so hopefully we get some, oh, some nice yes. calm, calm weather before Christmas to be able to take it, take the family out in it. Oh, beautiful, man, beautiful. Hey, Fox, are we we to put the shout-out out there. If you had a question for you to, to text us through on double eight double three, and Troy in Whanganui has texted us through. He said, question for you, if you look back at your amateur days, what would be the key things that are different about your game now as a top 50 pro? Um, probably, there'd be a couple of things, well, there'd be probably three or four things there. Um, I drive the ball a lot straighter than I used to back in the amateur days. You know, driver was as much of a weapon as it was a curse in my amateur days. You know, I, I had a lot of two-irons off tees to try to keep it in play, and now driver's probably the straightest club in my bag for the most part. Um, and short game and putting are a lot, lot better now but in, in the position I'm in um, and that's just from years of doing it you know I've been a pro for 12 years I played top level amateur golf for three or four before that and it's just putting in the hours and you know it's it's not been sort of one little thing that's changed it or anything like that it's just you know progressing as a golfer and um, you know, it took a while to get to the point I'm, I'm at but it's been a it's been a fun ride so far and, and hopefully I can keep improving over the next couple of years before um, the body gives way or the mind gives way. It seems to happen with most most golfers at, at, at towards the end of their careers. Foxy, you've played a lot on the DP World Tour, and now you're going to play a hell of a lot on the PGA. Does 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 much approach with uh, change in, in in terms of your approach to the game that you played, like conditions wise? Are you changing things up with with your swing to really have some success over in, in America? Not really. Um, yeah, I. I Played a bit over there this year, and I, I felt like I yep. could compete with the game I had. But probably the biggest thing over there is you've just got to flight the ball really high. 
um, which is a little different than, than Europe and, and you know, growing up in, in New Zealand and playing a, a bunch of golf in Australia early on. You know, we get used to playing in the wind back here and flying the ball low is, is, is a much easier way to control it. And then you go to the States and it's kind of the opposite. You know, they, you don't play in a lot of wind that often and quite often you're playing on really firm and fast greens. And so flighting the ball low, kind of, it, it's pretty hard to get the ball close. So you can see why guys like Rory and, and others, you know, compete week in, week out over there because they hit the ball so high and they can get close to the pins that, that others can't. And so there'll be, a, there'll be a little bit of change that way, not necessarily swing, but just, you know, it'll be, okay, well, if I'm in between clubs, sometimes a shorter one hitting it hard is going to be better or, um, mm. you know, just... It'll be a change of shot rather than a change of swing in that sense. Okay. Yeah. And the, I, I talked to Marcus a little while ago, and he, he seemed to think that the, the biggest difference for you will be the fact that the courses, you'll be playing on better courses more often. Is that how you see it as well? Yeah. Like, we, we vary a lot in Europe, obviously. You know, we play some nice golf courses where the, the greens are slow. Um, you know, we, we play a few random courses here or there, whereas the US, you know, it's, It'll be a lot more, you know, cut and paste week in, week out. The golf courses will be very similar. They'll be long, long rough. Um, they'll be in absolutely perfect condition. You know, they don't seem to have any any problems with water restrictions or anything over there. So they can they can kind of do whatever they like in that sense. And um, yeah, it's it'll be cool to do that. It's it's like I like that style of golf where we're having length and hitting it up in the air is. As a, as a benefit, and I can certainly do that. So we'll, we'll uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun year next year. And you know, the cool thing is that you know I've kind of got no pressure on in that sense. Like I'd love to keep playing on the PJ Tour, but I know I've got a job in Europe after after winning the BMW PGA for a few years and having some job security in this game. Certainly a nice thing. And what's on the calendar? End of Feb, maybe start of March. Is there is there a little gap there for a week or so? Maybe potentially down in Queenstown. I don't know at this point. Um, you know, that that schedule is a very moving target. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm right on the cusp of those elevated events in the US. They take top 30 in the world, and I'm 28. So, it, you know, all it takes is a couple of good weeks, and I can change my schedule and, and lock a few of those events in, and then that might make it easier to come back for New Zealand Open. If not, no, I might be chasing a few of the the normal PGA Tour events, which would make it pretty hard to yeah. come back. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah, going to be one of those ones. I'm probably not going to be able to commit either way until, you know, two or three weeks out, which is, you know, probably frustrating for everyone. But, you know, it's, it's the nature of what, it's the way what it is at the moment. Yep. And I've got, you know, mm-hmm. focusing on the PGA Tour and, you know, is, is the most important thing for my career at the moment. And I will come back and play New Zealand Opens at some point, whether it's next year or mm-hmm. whether it's, and 25 or whatever it is, it's just the last couple of years have been well this year and next year will be quite difficult for it, that's all. Foxy, thanks very much for coming on, mate. I know you've got plenty on your plate. Uh, Royal Auckland and the Grange tomorrow, that is where you're going to be with the I Am Hope charity for Chasing the Fox. If, if people can't be there but want to follow it or maybe want to get involved or want to donate, what's the best place for them to go? I'm pretty sure there's a website. You should have Giving me a heads up before that. If you type in Google, something's going to come up. So, you're a detailed man. I like it. Dot com. Dub dub dub. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There I knew, we I knew go. Some, I, knew, 
I knew someone would have done their research. It's certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Foxy. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Go well. Ryan Foxy with us. Uh, what a good, what a good man. Great chat. He's always, he always offers you something. Eh? He always, he's always got a story, and he always kind of gives you some really good insight. Do you know what I love about Foxy? He's he never turns down an opportunity to come speak. He's always open. Yeah. And you, you hardly get a lot, uh, get a bit of anything like that from from athletes. They're, they're always too busy. Uh, they've always got an agenda. And Foxy just, he's just a great New Zealander. And that's what this person has just sent through. What a great New Zealander Foxy is. Always sharing about his game. I see he's always on a different podcast as well. I hope he has another good uh, year next year. He might team up with Lydia Ko and the Grant Thornton next year. That's from Richard. Totally agree, mate. And, and his detail... On the difference from playing in Europe to the United States, I never even thought about that, hitting the ball high. I was thinking, well, how do you do that, mate? I don't know if I'm hitting it low, chunking it, or I'm going to try and hit it high here. Like, you know, he's just very good at sharing his knowledge and a great ambassador for young golfers in New Zealand. And he's on a bit of a run at the moment. He got paid. I love that little adjustments on his boat construction. Oh, I might tinker there and get me a, a full noise sol- uh, sonar radar for my boat. Man, it's just outstanding, isn't it? And you know that boat is going to be tricked out. It's it's going to be a mm. it's going to be a great boat to go out on. You'll have to take photos when you're out on it, as you let us know. Uh, it's seven twenty-three. Well, he had a pretty good year. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just quickly. Three hundred forty thousand euros he won uh, at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. Mm. I think five point five million for the year. <laughs> oh. oh, I wish I could hit a white ball. <laughs> but it's not just hitting the white ball; it's the mental game that comes with it, like hitting and draining the part at the Alfred Hill or the BMW Championship to win it in front of thousands of people. Man, that takes big kahunas. Yeah, that's it's all in the head, eh? All in the head. It is seven twenty-three here on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse keeping you healthy this summer. Seven twenty-eight on Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. It is Tradies Hour. Where you can warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from just four dollars fifty. Plenty of texts coming through as well. Uh, John saying the Crusaders haters are just jealous. Morons. They hate the success we have down here in Canterbury. <laughs> it's just jealousy. Go the Crusaders. It's good to be a winner from John. There you go. He's just signing it out. As. <laughs> I've been signing up for two years. And Marshy, out of the Hawks Bay, he said, Morena, boys. You'll be able to uh, quantify this, is he? A great win for the White Ferns yesterday. The reason Canterbury and Otago have been so strong in the past is they pinch all the best Hawks Bay players. <laughs> He's not wrong. A lot of our players do uh, go down there. Uh, Glenn Horton. Uh, uh, who else? Well, he's been a couple. Tane Randall. Yep. Josh Krongfeld. John Timu. Campbell Johnson. Andre Bell. What's any Hawks Bay boy? Andre Bell. Yep. Gordon Falcon. Like this. Hugh Renton. Hugh Renton. Who actually, I messaged the other day, he messaged me on Instagram, I said, mate, is it true? He said, nah, I'm going to bloody play the Landers. There you go, that room is put to bed. Yeah, put to bed, put that room to bed. I'll tell you <laughs> what else you can put to bed, is you can put to bed uh, 
the cricket tickets. If you want to win some, we've got some to give away. It is the big Wednesday cricket ticket giveaway. We've got White Ferns Pakistan, Friday, December the 15th in Christchurch. That's this Friday. Next Monday, the same two teams, also in Christchurch. Black Caps Bangladesh, that series Sunday in Dunedin, Wednesday in Nelson, Saturday in Napier. We have tickets to all of those. If you want tickets, you want to go double eight double three. Test us your name and your email. We'll make sure you get a double pass. All right, that's how easy it is. Here is Johnny Mack with the latest in news for Kubota. Their in-stock catalogue is out now. 27 away from 8 here on SENZ. It is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Kennard's Hire makes your job easy. Kennards.co.nz Sports News headlines for you. And I can tell you that Auckland City are 1-0 down at the moment against uh, El Etihad. Uh, that is at the FIFA Club World Cup. Uh, one goal to nil down. Uh, Romarinho, as the Brazilian, has scored for them. So all to do uh, for Auckland City FC. Let's get to some other stories for you. How's this, Izzy? Let's get get your itchy, mate. Get your itchy. The game of sevens could see another superstar from 15s make the switch to play in the 2024 Olympics. The double World Cup winner, Damien Willemser, expressing his desire to represent the Blitzbocker in Paris. Sevens has already seen French captain Antoine Dupont and Australian former captain Michael Hooper make the switch. And with the world wondering whether more players will follow their lead, Willemser recently said that he would love to make the move to play sevens. Yeah, well, who wouldn't? I know a couple of years ago, a lot of the ABs, when it had a crack, well, were meant to, and actually left Gordon Titchens in a bit of a uh, dilemma when he was promised more and uh, the following didn't eventuate. But Sonny Bill had a crack. They weren't able to transition probably as, as well as people were after. But, no, this is a start, and Damien Willemser will go, great guns, great player, very, very talented. I think more will follow. If you think of the current crop, who are you thinking? Damien McKenzie? I think he'd, he could be a genuine op- option for, for transitioning into sevens. Uh, Caleb Clark had a crack. Whether he'd go do it again didn't work out quite as well as he was hoping when he made the switch. Itzini uh, Nanai Saturo, he could be a, an opportunity as well. I think there'd be more. Yeah. It's only next year. I mean, the question for me is, like, you saw guys like Glenn Osborne, Jonah Lomu, uh, Christian Cullen make their name at sevens and then step up to 15s. But the game has changed a lot now. How yeah. hard is it, do you think, to go from being a 15s player to being a 7s player? Because it's almost it's like a different sport. Very hard. And it, and I think the the concerns are, is have they given themselves enough time? You want to be playing the circuit right now to give yourself a genuine chance to be successful when you make it. Um, Damien Willemser hasn't played any, so it's not going to be as easy as probably people think, it's a totally different game. Your body's got to change. You've got to probably drop a lot of muscle, a lot of weight to be able to play the game of sevens and, um, you know, work on that aerobic base and the fitness. So, if, if, yeah, because it's only next year. If you haven't made the switch now, I don't think it's it's going to be too hard. You've got to pledge your, your allegiance early to be able to go play the game of sevens. Yeah. Give yourself at least a year. And I think if you're Damon Willems, too, a lot of those spring boxes signed to foreign clubs, who are they going to let you just disappear and go and play sevens? I don't think so. No. Uh, the no. ICC has given an unsatisfactory rating to the pitch used in the second test between Bangladesh and New Zealand. The venue, as a result, has incurred a demerit point, uh, an interesting choice of word to describe the pitch. The ICC has previously used very good, good, average, below average, poor and unfit, while rating 
uh, pitches, but not unsatisfactory. The match referee was David Boone, who, after consulting the captains, uh, said this in his report, it appeared that the pitch may have been underprepared. It was not hard, and it was covered in grass clippings on day one. From the first session onwards, throughout the remainder, the bounce was inconsistent, with numerous balls bursting the surface. Deliveries from spin bowlers often went over the batter's shoulder when playing forward, and then occasionally would stay low. Uh, so I would mm. say that Dakar got a bit of work to do before they get another test match. Demerit points. So what? You, you lose your, you get enough demerit points, you lose your license. You lose your test status, basically. <laughs> you I lose think your test status. Yeah, I think that's what I think it means. Good. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, and finally, Nigerian striker Victor Osserman has been named African Footballer of the Year, beating out Mo Salah at an awards ceremony in Marrakesh yesterday. Wow. Ossenheim, 24, scored 26 goals as he helped Napoli make a Serie A triumph last season, was the leading marksman in Italy's top division. Egypt's Liverpool forward Salah and Morocco's PSG right back Akraf Hakimi were the other two final nominees, but Ossenheim claimed, claimed the prize to be the first Nigerian winner since Kanu. Remember him? the big tall uh, yeah. Arsenal striker and that was back in 1999 there you go those are some sports news headlines for you can Kennard's hire change your life no can they make your job easy can oath they can kennards.co.nz when we come back Dave Latelli joins us it is 22 away from 8 17 away from 8 on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. It is Tradies Hour. Thanks to night and day, you can uh, warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Now, uh, a big drive is coming tomorrow. In fact, there's even a telethon around it, the Big Feed Rural Telethon. Uh, this is for Meet the Need, which is a farmer-led charity supported by Silverfern Farms, Maraca and Fonterra, which facilitates donations of livestock and Milk and distributes more than 110 uh, to more than 110 food banks and community organisations nationwide. So meet the need, but that's M E A T. See what they've done there. Well done. And uh, one of the people that's going to be involved in this big telethon tomorrow is uh, the man you all know as the Brown Butterbean, uh, Butterbean Dave Latelli. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Uh, morning. Oh, I'm very good. You've just saved me from doing burpees, so take as long as you need. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one needs to do another burpee, uh, least of all you, I would imagine, bro. <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, no, they suck. They definitely suck. They do, they do <laughs> suck, mate. Now, uh, Dave Latelli, uh, the brown butter bean, when I hear your name, uh, farming is not the first thing that jumps to mind. So how did you get involved with Meet the Need? <laughs> uh, look, we um, I, I met Wayne Langford uh, and... They've been supporting us for the past couple of years. I met them through, uh, you know, when we were doing our mahi through COVID and, and having to buy mints and meat, just a huge cost. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, that we're a large government-funded organisation that can just, that gets everything delivered to us. Well, you know, we have to buy a lot of our stock, most of it actually, and we rely on donations from people like Meat Meat, also food stuff, and, and uh, you know, Silverton Farms and Fonterra. Has there been a lot of buy-in from, from supporters out there in the public and farmers really behind this initiative that you're after, Dave? Yeah, well, last year they raised over a million meals. So, you know, we're hoping that, awesome. it's, um, you know, we can do uh, similar or more this year, but we understand also it's very tough. You know, it's tough to get any kind of donations these days because everyone else is doing it tough. So the people who are, you know, farmers are doing it tough, businesses are doing it tough, so it's a lot harder, but, you know, we're going to try our best. Well, you've got a hell of a day planned tomorrow. You've got a good crew that's going to be with you. Uh, what, what have you got planned throughout the day? What are you hoping to do? And I know you've got some big auctions that are up for grabs as well. 
Well, I think we're willing to do anything. I think, you know, there's, there's uh, talk of, of tattoos, there's talk of, uh, you know, shaved heads, if not uh, dyed hair. And I think <laughs> we're going to try and shave, shave Wayne's hair and, uh, and then tattoo his, his, his scalp. So <laughs> whatever, whatever we have to do to uh, get this money for great causes, you know, we'll do. Because it's, but it is, it's going to be a hectic day. If anything, it's going to be fun because, you know, we, we haven't rehearsed mm. anything. We're going to turn up and, and get it done. It's going to be uh, very organic, shall we say. Yeah. Now, how can people watch this telethon, telethon Dave? How can they uh, get on board and, and have a look at what's going on? Yeah, so it's all on this Meet the Need social channels, but you can go and check out their website, which is meettheneed.org. And as you said, meet is spelled M-E-A-T, meettheneed.org, and all the details are there. And get amongst it, you know, every bit of support uh, going to a great cause. The great thing about Meet the Need is everything they raise, like us, goes direct to where it's needed. No bureaucracy, it just goes direct to the need. Now, you can make an automatic uh, $3 donation now if you want to, 3493. Just text 3493 and the word FEED, F-E-E-D, and that makes an automatic $3 donation. That text line is open now, so you can do that, or you can call 0800 632 to donate on the day. Uh, Dave, I know you've, you've spent your amount of time in the, in the, the old square circle. Uh, what would it take? How much? Uh, how many cows would somebody have to pledge uh, for you to get in the ring with Deontay Wilder, like old Joe Parker's doing? Oh shit! <laughs> well, well, the last guy I fought was uh, Manu Vatuva, and when I woke up after he uh, disposed of me, I thought to myself, "There's got to be easier ways to raise awareness. <laughs> you know, uh, it's got to. It'll take a lot of cows." But hey, you know, I'll do it if uh, you know, if, you know. If we head over the two million mark, I'll jump in the ring with whoever. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He's made a pledge: two million meals for for people in need. Dave, you've been on the on Ground Zero for a very long time now, and you've probably been able to witness some scenarios. The cost of living is through the roof at the moment. It's a real struggle out there. What are some of the stories that you're able to share that people in this time this time of the year are having to go and face with? Oh, you know, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I, I don't think people understand how bad it is down at the bottom. And it's nobody's fault. People only know what they know. Uh, but people down at the bottom are really struggling. Um, you know, you've got... Uh, I, was, I met up with another children's charity, Variety, a couple of weeks ago. And they had, a, they had a Christmas card, a letter for Santa. And the little kid wrote, I don't want anything for Christmas. I just want food. You know, you've got a, a little girl that we've been helping out with our, our Christmas event that we're doing for, with Kids First Hospital for sick children, 600 sick children uh, and their siblings, so well over 1,000 kids. That's 250 families, uh, all with sick kids, all living in poverty. Uh, that list has gone up to over 500 now that we're, that we're helping, also down in Tikwiti. You've got a little girl who, who has a full-time breathing tube, just had a back oper- a spinal operation to correct it. She is missing appointments because they had a broken down car. Ten appointments. Can, can, and, and can you imagine how that, that the parents would feel not being able to get their child who desperately needs to get to the to healthcare because they just can't get there? You know, it's just people going without. Uh, it's you know you've got people living in emergency housing where the you know where their children are falling through the floors because they're so rotten, filled with mould. Yet yet we as taxpayers pay two and a half thousand dollars a week for them to stay there. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's just getting worse. That's that's all I can say. And you know, this government should need to stop worrying about changing things back to English and, and start focusing on on the real issues at hand, which is poverty.
Yeah, 100%, Dave. I fully agree with you, mate, and you're doing a, doing a great job. So uh, feed F-E-E-D to 3493 to make an automatic $3 donation right now, or you can call on the day 0800 632 884. While we've got you, Dave, you have spent a bit of time, as I mentioned, uh, in the ring. What do you make of December the 23rd uh, and that card that we're going to see uh, in Saudi Arabia? Well, obviously, back in Joe, um, it's going to be a great night. I, I really wanted to go, but I couldn't get the permission slip signed, so I'll be watching it on Sky TV. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think he's got a good chance, and this is what you need. You need you need the top guys fighting each other, so it's going to be epic. Yeah, it, it kind of feels more like a UFC card than a boxing card, eh? Because usually on boxing cards, you're used to seeing one or two big fights and then lots of mismatches, but this feels like you know those big UFC cards. Yeah, I think that's where they're headed. You know, it's it's all about entertainment, eh? And these guys got plenty of money, mm. so money talks, and that's what's uh, that's why we're getting all these big names uh, on these cards. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Dave. Hey, listen, keep up the good work, mate. You're always at the forefront. Get You're back always to the giving. burpees. Get back to the burpees. Yeah, we'll let yeah. you go. Yeah, save me from a little bit, but they're still going. Like 15 <laughs> minutes left, I think. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Cheers. There you go, Dave Latelli, the Bye, brown butter bean, part of a Meet the Need. That telethon happens tomorrow. Here's some of the things that you can uh, you can get. They've got a three-day holiday in Waitaki. Um, there will be all-expensive-paid corporate box experience for two guests when the Chiefs play Moana Pacifica uh, in early 20. Four at the Sir Michael uh, with Sir Michael Jones at FMG, a three-day accommodation experience at Magdalen House at Glen Hope Station, Hamlet Springs, for four people, and you can have a guided fly fishing experience or hunt uh, red deer as well. So uh, lots of opportunities there, and some big names as well involved. Uh, we've got uh, Matt Watsons down there, Di Henwood, Tereda, Erin Simpson, whole lot more as well. So get involved. That is Meet the Need. Just uh, jump online and you will be able to find Meet the Need. It is spelled M-E-A-T, and uh, that is uh, helping uh, food banks and communities around the country doing the good work. It is eight away from eight here on SENZ. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Yes, Tremaine's bringing people and property together in our community and doing a great work. Double eight double three is our text line, the Temper Bed Post text line. Love to hear from you. Remember, we've got those cricket tickets available as well. Just need your name, your email address, and which game you want to go to. Double eight double three. Two away from eight, and not too far away from having Baz McCullum on the phone. If you've got a question for Baz, text through double eight double three double eight double three. the Temper Bedpost text machine. A reminder that the Chemist Warehouse have given us uh, some uh, fragrance packs for Christmas to give away. We've got one a day for the text of the day, so uh, if you chuck your text through on double eight double three, you're automatically in the draw to win a Chemist Warehouse pack as well. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. Plenty to chat with Baz about and plenty of texts coming through as well on double eight double three, including uh, Brad giving us some basketball tips, is he? Yeah, well, Brad helped me out yesterday with uh, my lawn and I said, mate, make sure you send through uh, some tips if you've got any 
uh, in terms of the basketball, and he sent through a nice one, which I'll get on and then I'll share it, but no, I'll share it. It said Tatum and Booker both get 25, 5, and 5, 25 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And uh, there's paying eight bucks. Tatum, Doncic, Thompson, four plus threes at eight bucks. And Davis, 30 points, uh, double double. And Doncic, 30 points, triple double at eight dollars. So Brad is sharing his uh, basketball knowledge and uh, usually gets people paid. So good luck if you want to follow Brandon. I might have a wee dabble as well. But the reality is, my TAB account doesn't flick over till Saturday, so I'm missing out on that one again. Ooh, okay. All right. Mm. Well, I can tell you that uh, Auckland City are 3 0 down at halftime, uh, pretty much done in the Club World Cup. And Golo Kante, Karim Benzema scoring just before halftime in that one. So they look Gonberger all to do for them. We'll bring you the full time score in that one uh, when it comes our way. Uh, coming up in the next hour, as I mentioned, Baz McCullum, Paul Mawate as well who is winging his way to play Chase the Fox, would you believe? We'll get his <laughs> update shortly. Here's Johnny Mac with news for Kubota. Kia ora, good morning. Welcome into Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. It is four past eight on your Wednesday morning, and uh, we have plenty coming up. Baz McCallum with us, shortly Paul Mawate as well. More cricket tickets to give away. And, of course, we have uh, to get a correct answer as well for uh, our Who Am I? We have a $100 Adidas Golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas Golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Who am I? Here is clue number one. I was born in Blenheim but represented the Waikato. Uh, clue number two is I'm undefeated as a boxer. And clue number three, I've played for both the All Blacks and the All Black Sevens. Who am I? Double eight, double three. If you know, get yourself in the draw to win that hundred dollar Adidas golf voucher. Now, Chemist Warehouse is the real house of fragrance, and uh, a man who I'm sure has a fair collection of fragrances in his uh, in his bag when it comes to the dressing room is Baz McCullum. He's got his own cologne. He's got his own cologne. Yeah, uh, wear it mm. like Baz. What's it called now? It's called uh, not. Uh, it's, it's just called Baz. Oda Baz. Um, Oda Baz. Yeah. Oda Baz. B O. <laughs> B.O. Baz. <laughs> Bezza! How are you, bud? Oh, oh you two talk some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oh, time of the year, mate. mate. That time of the year. There's plenty going on. We're into the Christmas swing of things, mate, but we don't have a gig like you, so we're having a grind away. But, mate, how you been? Good. Real good, bro. Yeah, yeah. Just, um... I've been been back for a little while. I went over, had to shoot over to Abu Dhabi. We've got we had a training camp over there. We were sort of trying to get the boys away from the uh, the English winter and get some sun on their backs, particularly the the injured guys. Um, so I managed to get a bit of training in the morning, a little bit of golf in the afternoon. Um, so that was quite <laughs> nice, sort of for, for a couple of weeks, and picked some young spinners from the Lions, which is our sort of like England A setup. Um, where obviously yep. we're, we're touring in India next, which is going to be a tough tour. So we sort of wanted to do things differently, and we managed to get out and, and see some of those young spinners, and we picked uh, we picked a couple of them. So, yeah, pretty happy, mate. Otherwise, all good. Bit of golf, bit of racing, mm. bit of family time. Try not to get too fat. 
You know, doing all those things. Yeah, nice, nice, Baz. <laughs> it sounds like you're keeping busy, mate. I, I was reading up actually about yeah, some of your selections for your your spinners uh, for this uh, tour of India. You're gonna, you've called up to the England Test team, and it got me thinking. You know, we've been talking about uh, the the Black Caps being in Bangladesh, and you know, some of our batsmen struggling. We keen to get your thoughts on this. We often see, as you've done, pick bowlers for the conditions. Why don't we see more picking batsmen for the conditions? If you've got a guy you know who can't play spin or doesn't go well in those conditions, even if he's great on a green top, why take him? Yeah, I guess that's always the dilemma, right? Like you sort of, whenever you're looking at select teams, you're looking at the players, um, looking at their strengths rather than looking at their weaknesses, looking at their, their best game rather than their worst game. Um, so you sort of, you've always got that hope that players will be able to transition from one set of uh, conditions to another and still be able to succeed. But sometimes there is, a line you got to draw and you just say, look, we think this player is better in these conditions than, than perhaps that player, and, and you got to take a punt. I think sometimes with selection, and well, we're never going to get it right every time, right? I think mm. sometimes um, we put too much weight behind numbers, um, particularly in cricket, uh, like uh, for us, it's county cricket, but for, you know, here in New Zealand, it's, it's obviously mm. um, the four-day competition. <clears throat> you know, we sometimes we put a little bit too much emphasis on those numbers, and We've got to work out exactly the the type of player you want, where they fit amongst your side, how the how the captain's going to use them, and the conditions that you presented with them. And ultimately, sometimes you've got to take a bit of a punt, um, and, uh, and that's what we've done in this circumstance. And, and New Zealand's done that in the past too, to, to their credit. You think AJ Patel and Will Somerville and, and the like um, have played mid percent have played in, in subcontinent conditions before altogether. And you know, I'd say they're, they're reasonably malleable and. They might not have got it fully right in in, uh, in Bangladesh, but they also you know walked away with a serious draw as well. What do, what do we expect? Or what can you tell us about these these newcomers to the to the Test uh, squad? You got Shay Bashir, Tom Hartley, Gus Atkinson, mate. And what what are they going to bring to the outfit? Uh, well, firstly, Gus Atkinson. He's been around a little while. He bowls uh, high pace. Um, we've picked two high pace bowlers in our squad. We've only picked four seamers because the conditions we're expecting him. Uh, India are going to be very spin friendly, so um, so we've picked uh, Gus Atkinson and also Mark Wood to fill that role for us. To go alongside Jimmy Anderson and Ollie Robinson, who are the more sort of crafty seamers. Um, so Gus is exciting, um, and then we've gone for the spinners. Uh, Rayan Ahmed, who was a real punt for us last year, raised a few eyebrows when we picked this young 19-year-old kid to come to Pakistan and. Um, he'd only played about three first-class games at the time. And, look, he's a player who we saw some upside in, we saw some potential in, and felt that getting him into the environment under the under the captaincy of Ben Stokes, who seems to find ways to get the best out of people, um, we were able to to bring him in, and, and he's now a lock in our side when we go on subcontinent tours. We took five from debut, and he looked every inch of an international cricketer, and, and um, potentially a very good one moving forward. So. He's on our side. We've got Jack Leach, who operates normally for us with the spin. And then we add these two mm. younger spinners who have been on our radar for a little while. Well, Tom Hartley's been on our radar for a little while. Mm. He's, I think he's six foot, six foot three or six foot four. He bowls left arm spin, fires it into the wicket, which is what you'll need in conditions like that. He'll challenge the stumps, get a little bit more extra variable bounce at times. And he bats nicely too in low scoring affairs. You never know, that could be a quick 20 or 30 down. The order could be just the recipe. And then we've got um, Shah Bashir, who a year ago was playing second 11 cricket. He's played roughly four first-class <laughs> games. He hasn't set the world on fire. 
Um, but there's just something about you know when you see people. And you would have seen mm. it. As I'm sure, Ricardo, you've seen you've seen sports people, or even just you know in any walk of life, you see someone who's just got something a little bit different. Um, and he's no by no means the finished article, but he's six foot four. He bowls off spin. He gets nice nice flight and drift on the ball, and he gives it a good rip and. He accommodates the rest of our lineup really well, so we're excited for him. He's more going for experience more than anything, but we won't be afraid to play him if we think the conditions will suit to. Just on conditions, Bears, you got five test series over in India. There's been a lot of talk about the spin conditions. Ashwin, Dadeja, very quality spin bowlers. Does, does do you change your approach? Like, and I was reading Michael Vaughan's comments saying, "Look, baseball is going to be difficult over in India." How do you approach this series? No, no, they're a very difficult outfit over there. Well, that's right. It's the hardest challenge in modern day cricket, to be honest. Like, the Ashes is huge mm. because of the, the spotlight and the media presence and the, the fan following and, and the sheer weight of eyeballs on it. But in terms of pure cricket. Um, challenge to, to go to India and to play in those conditions, particularly the, the venues we're playing, which are not the more traditional venues you see, the more sort of um, the, the, the outskirts of India, um, if you could say that. Um, so they're going to be really challenging. And so for us, it's not about... Um, but we, we've got to be malleable. We've got to be prepared to adapt to what we're going to get and to try and do yeah. things differently because, I mean, the... Not many teams have been there before and been successful, so why would you try and be too steadfast in, in that belief? We're going to have to be malleable, hence the squad we've picked. If anything, it's a it's a tip of the cap to India as well because we've almost tried to replicate their bowling lineup with the players that we have, albeit without the, the weight of numbers behind them. So that's from a bowling point of view. We'll still be looking to try and take wickets. That's the, the skipper's mantra. Um, we'll still chase the ball hard in the outfield regardless of what the game situation is. And with bad in hand, I think we've got to be brave at times. There'll be times where we've got to suck pressure up, no doubt. Um, but in those conditions, you can't sit there and wait for very good players to bowl bad deliveries because it just doesn't happen. You've got to go out there and make it. You've got to go and get it yourself. And um, and that's yeah. what we'll be endeavouring to do. So we'll see where we land, but it's, it's exciting and it's a great challenge for us. Yeah, mate, uh, very, very much so. You mentioned the Ashes. Um, uh, what do you make of what's going on with Aussie cricket at the moment? You know, Mitch Johnson getting stuck in a uh, Davy Warner and things, and Kerry O'Keefe saying that the <laughs> Aussie public have fallen out of love with cricket. I, I did propose that maybe that's because their their players are all pork chops and none of the public like them. What do you reckon? What's going on over there? <laughs> you said you said that, not me. Players, mate. Let's get that on record first and foremost. Oh, look, oh, to be honest, I haven't followed a, a great deal of it. Um, obviously, we had a series recently um, in the Ashes, yeah. them, which had a lot of exposure, um, had a, a lot of eyeballs, and, and it was a series which I think both teams will will go down. Uh, we'll, we'll say that it will go down as one of the great series because it ebbed and flowed the entire way. Um, but I know a lot of the Aussie guys. Um, obviously, Andrew McDonald, the coach, Dan Vittori, the assistant coach, and Pat Cummins I've worked with as well. There's some there's some good blokes in there, you know, um, and there's some obviously what they've achieved um, in the last couple of years as well um, has been really good. Um, so, you know, I've got a lot of respect for them as as cricketers and, and a few of them as blokes as well. And I don't know what uh, what all the wash up is over there, but we all love seeing a bit of a stouse amongst amongst the Aussies, don't we? Not wrong. You're I'll not call wrong. you after. I'll call you after. I'll get the real answer. <laughs> All right, mate. <laughs> hey, um, just just quickly, Joffre Archer. Um, has he been a naughty boy? Is he still in the in the in the 
And on the radar? When are we going to see Joffre Archer back out there? Oh, he's definitely on the radar. He's being carefully managed um, at the moment. So. <laughs> but I guess there's, there's two elements to it, right? Like Joffre's gone and played a club game on the weekend and, and you sit there and go, oh, no, you know, you're trying to manage him back to, to ensure he has a long, successful career and we've got to forego the, the coming months and we'll carefully manage this kind of program. And then there's a the kind of rogue in me as well, which goes, you know what, well, how cool is it? At least he's just, he loves the game. <laughs> Well, he just wants yeah. to go and have a jam with his mates down on a, you know, down at his local club game, have a bit of crack, and just the joy of playing cricket. So I mean, where do you, where do you sit on it in the end? It's sort of, I think, I kind of, yeah, I, I, it would have been, it would have been cool to obviously to have uh, chatted about it, but at the same time, I, I kind of love it because it sort of means to me that he's still got that real passion and connection to the game and and what the simplest form of it, which is literally having a bit of crack with your mates and, and trying to have a good time and, and enjoy yourself and let your skills come out. So, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, love I think the world game I love is it better see. when Joff's back. I love it how you see both sides of the, the picture. Like, he could have been out there getting absolutely smashed out in town and doing something silly, but he just wanted to play a game of cricket, and you, you have to have to applaud that. And hopefully we can see him back out there soon. And just on Stokes, the horse Stokes, got its maiden, mate. Well, what's the plan for, for the stable that is Baz McCullum? Well, Stokes, is, uh, he's had a little bit of a spell. We're talking the horse. Um a little bit of a spell, a little bit of a freshen up. He's back in work now. I think he's going to trial mid-January, and then there's a couple of nice sort of mile, mile and quarter races, which um, which now that uh, Entain's come on board, there's some decent prize money floating around New Zealand. So there's some opportunities for him if he's good enough. Um, but it was, it was pretty awesome for him to clear his maiden. He deserved it, and, and we had a great thrill that night, I can tell you. Yeah, I bet you did, because it's been a, a wee while but to see that coming, Bez. Uh, Stokes, has, it has showed so much potential from a good age, a young age, well, a young career in racing, and to finally get that done, mate. Uh, are you chasing the crack of millions, are you? Uh, not with him, no, not with him, but I have got a couple of nice young ones which are in Graham Richardson's stable, which uh, we bought last year at crack, which I think have got a bit of a chance of sort of lining up on those types of races, so... Uh, We'll see. I mean, when you when you buy these young horses, you got to give them the time, right? And the horses tell you when they're ready. A little bit like athletes. Um, so you got to be a little bit sort of, you got to be a bit patient with them. But I think we've got some nice horses, and and they'll they'll have every chance. So let's see. We'll um, we'll find out in the next little while. But uh, you know what I'm like is I love the racing game. It's a costly old game, but um, you know, it's uh, it's a hell of a time as well. And and the thrill of owning good horses is up there, right? It is, and you've owned a couple of good ones. You've had the the Flipperate, which uh, was retired not so long ago, mate. That would have been a thrill. Yeah, mate, it's actually really cool. I'm looking out the window now, and I can see in the front paddock you've got um, you've got Tiptronic Group One winner, Defibrillate Group One winner. Between them, they earned uh, two million dollars roughly in prize money, and they're now both retired, and they're they're living their days out of my uh, one of my paddocks or in all my paddocks. And when our young horses come back, they uh, put them in with with those old old timers and they they look after them and educate them so it's pretty cool you know all those all those stories about racing um, it's a pretty cool one to see these old boys seeing their days out here.
Yeah, so good, so good, mate. Uh, put 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 them out, uh, and uh, and they can enjoy some countryside on uh, Casa de McCullum. And we did have a question come through on the text machine, mate, asking if you'd ever consider coaching the Black Caps, and if so, what format would you like to coach in? Uh, look, I'm pretty content doing what I'm doing at the moment. Um, obviously, you never say never with anything in, in life, right? Um, but look, I think they're, they're on their journey at the moment. I'm, I'm sort of on my path with England. And, and if those paths sort of marry up at some stage, then then cool. If not, then, then that's cool too. So, you know, I just I love being involved in the game and I love being able to help people, you know. So There is um, no chance. It's a real, because It's a real treat. And, and humbling to be in the position to be able to, that we're in at the minute. There is no chance because he's got control of how much golf he plays in England. Over here, when he's in his own backyard, there is no chance. He'll be, it won't be the same gig as he has over in England, Bears. Appreciate you coming on, brother. Good to catch up and chat. All right, boys. Good luck. Enjoy. Cheers, mate. Have a great Christmas. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Baz McCallum there with us. Uh, Chemist Warehouse is the home of big brand vitamins at the lowest prices every day. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this summer. It is 8.24 here on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three, the temper bedpost text machine. Plenty of texts coming through. Redman uh, told us that Baz uh, didn't mention that he won the longest drive competition at Matamata's Christmas tournament on Sunday. Did he? There you go. I wouldn't be surprised, man. He is flushing it. He went from a 12 to a 2, his handicap, Wow! while ma- coaching England test side. <laughs> I was going to say, well, amazing what a great job does for you. Uh, you do the math. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. That's absolutely zero coaching and more golf than anything. <laughs> Who goes to Dubai, takes a, co- uh, a, a camp to Dubai, and plays golf in the every afternoon? Bears. And goes to Dubai. Yeah. Abu Dhabi, whatever it is. Yeah. Hundred, hundred, absolutely nailing it, absolutely nailing it. <laughs> they uh, left Chris Wokes out for the Indian tour, and he was very good mm. in the Ashes, um, which is a huge omission um, for them. But you loved his conversation of a go. You know, they've got to tip the hat to India. They play very well in their own conditions. We're trying to match them, and I loved his conversation about they're very good bowlers. You're gonna have to make a decision and attack them at some stage. Um, and be aggressive. It's going to be a hell of a series, five match, five match test series over in India. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, the thing with Vokes is he he bats about eight as well. So, you know, he's kind of like yeah. that bowling all rounder. So that really, he must have a spin option in mind for that position, I reckon. And that's why he hasn't taken him. Yeah, and sh- well, his inclusion of Shoy uh, Bashir, mm. you know, like a kid that we don't know playing second eleven last year. That's what I love about the bloke. He'll he'll see something. You'll see some a bit of talent, a bit of grittiness in these players, and he'll give them a chance, and they become world beaters. You think when they lose Jack Leach, when he went out injured a while back, you think, oh, man, this is going to be tough to overcome. No, nah, I've found four more of them, four more spinners to come in and, and fill the void alongside Jack Leach. Um, that's going to be great. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you're going to find the perfect gift for your loved ones this Christmas at Chemist Warehouse. We have a fragrance uh, pack to give away every day this week for text of the day, so keep your texts rolling through. And also, keep texting through for our Wednesday cricket ticket giveaway. We've got 10 tickets for each of the following games. White Ferns, Pakistan, this Friday in Christchurch. White Ferns, Pakistan, Monday in Christchurch. Black Caps, Bangladesh, Sunday in Dunners. 
Black Caps Bangladesh Wednesday in Nelson and Black Caps Bangladesh Saturday the 23rd in Napier. If you want to win a double pass, just text us double eight double three. We need your full name, your email and which match you want to go to. Uh, there are two in Christchurch, so let us know if you want the 15th or the 18th. Been a few that have come through already. Bo, we've hooked you up. Uh, Jason Scott, we've hooked you up as well. So uh, keep your texts rolling through, and we will continue to hook you up with Give me a couple for well. Napier. Give me a couple for Napier. I'll get some for the family. Get, if you don't te- want them, I'll have them. Text through, double eight double three okay. with your oh, yeah. name and your email Sorry. address and which game you want I'll to go it. to, please, Izzy. Uh, just, just follow the rules, mate. Just follow the rules. All yeah, you have po- to do. Po- apologies for that. Yeah, I'll hey. send a test message right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, mate. Hey, anytime, anytime. And uh, thanks for your text too with questions uh, for Baz. I, I thought it was interesting, actually, Izzy, that uh, given we had Ryan Fox on earlier today, and Baz does like, you know, to hit a ball that he's not part of the cricket team. Uh, I mean, if if you're going to sub somebody out of Lockie, Mitch, and Ross and put Baz in, who'd you go? You reckon? Because Baz just been playing off at two. He's going to be dangerous. Maybe he's too dangerous. Maybe that's why they didn't give him the offer. Um, He's just too busy, man. Wow, you wouldn't believe it. But he's got so many things Whatever, going I just talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look. Uh, who would you sub out? You'd probably have to say Roscoe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you might potentially sub out Roscoe. But uh, no, nah, he's got to earn his. He's got to earn his right. He, he does. has to earn his right, and he's playing too too much golf at the moment. I, I'd love to go see Mitchell Santner because I, Foxy said that post cricket he should join the senior tours, the senior tour, and have a wee crack at it. And I've heard whispers about Mitch Santner's golf game, and it is class. Be good to be able to watch it and uh, see if he can push Foxy. Love the format, love the initiative. Uh, if you're gonna go head along, I think it's potusgolf.com. You can follow the the progress tomorrow. Foxy taking on uh, all, all the fellow sports players around New Zealand. Yeah, fantastic initiative. Uh, POTUS, P-O-D-I-S. So POTUSgolf.com slash Chasing the Fox. Get amongst it. And uh, Brent Riggs will hook you up, mate. Uh, and same with you, Liam McKenzie. Uh, thanks for your texts uh, and uh, James as well in Christchurch. Keep them coming through. We'll continue to hook you up with tickets throughout the day as well. All the other shows have got tickets to give away as well. What's his yeah, we should be one coming. Oh, there should, should be one, we, should be one coming in a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. You just wait. We'll, yeah, we'll Christchurch wait. Monday, please, guys. Crowder, you got that, James? Yeah, yeah. So you're in. You're in. We'll just yep. have to see if uh, as he's paid his mobile bill and see if his text coming through. <laughs> uh, time to get away to the latest in news uh, with Johnny. Ma- oh, Napier, please give me five tickets from Wayne Kerr. Uh, that- <laughs> Change my name back. James Wayne, you don't want much, do you? Don't want much. (laughs) Just five. Just five. Here's Johnny Mack with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota, their in-stock catalogue is out now. 27 away from nine here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. And uh, I'll tell you what, they are flying the big guns in for chasing the fox. We're going to talk to one of them right now. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Paul Mawadi, we had Ryan Fox on the show earlier. He somehow didn't mention you as being one of the threats, but uh, you're going to be playing anyway. How did you manage that? No, no, I'm not playing. I'm I'm there to work, uh, Ricardo. In fact, uh, I'm surprised that Foxy didn't mention me. I'm going to be helping him out with a short game, so uh, hopefully yeah, you'll see a big, big improvement <laughs> from Foxy this upcoming season. 
It makes sense. They're, they're allowing hackers to go along and play in this event. <laughs> Something, something's quite right here. Are you, what, are you calling Damien McKenzie a hacker? Absolute hacker. Anton Linebrow, hacker. Will Jordan, hacker. They're all hackers. Rugby rugby didn't even get a mention in Foxy's interview this morning. I was having a little chuckle. We, we asked him who he was worried about. Didn't even mention the rugby team. Mm. Nah. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd think that they'd go okay. They've got plenty of time to go. I hear that most of them get out with Izzy uh, once or twice a week, so you'd think that their game was right on uh, up to uh, a very, very high standard, so I'm surprised. No, nah, I get in their head. I get in their head, and then they're no good. They're gone skis early, early on. But well, it wasn't gone ski yesterday for our white ferns, uh, Paulie Mighty. And we had a few power plays that you rattled off, and I pretty much reckon most of them, apart from Robbie's uh, dabble he had on one of them, uh, came in, mate. Anyone get paid? Yeah. Oh, just about everyone got paid <laughs> on the white ferns yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Pakistan were a wee bit of value. I was the only one who didn't get paid, to be fair. But as you say, there are a number of power plays that did get up. Oh, I think there was one that involved Susie Bate, Amelia Kerr, and Sophie Devine. Um, <laughs> and that one, that one collected very, very easily. So, yeah, no, plenty of very, very happy uh, White Ferns supporters uh, yesterday. Uh, and they look forward to the next uh, uh, One Day International, which I think is on Friday. So, yeah, that coming up. But today, of course, we've got the Hastings uh, Thoroughbred Meeting. Uh, and we've got a bonus back promotion back to second and third on the first two races at Hastings today. So I thought we'd just have a, a quick look at the, both of those races. Uh, the best backed in race one uh, has been Tolstoy. We've had a $1,200 bet on Tolstoy at 750 So, <coughs> excuse me, a uh, bit of support there for Tolstoy. And there's been a bit of specking in race two on a $26 shot. Lincoln Towers had a $250 bet on Lincoln Towers at $26 in race two. Uh, but my bet of the day is in race three, uh, number one, Syndicato. Uh, and that has been the best back in race one as well. Number one, Syndicato. I think it's number one. Syndicato, race three. Number two. Number two, sorry. Sorry about that. What about race seven, uh, mate? Up the Waz. It's coming from, I think it's 10 bucks now from 12. Uh, yeah, Awful I I had a little look at that uh, last night, and it was the best backed last night uh, in that race up the wire. So I don't know if that's sort of more, um, I guess, emotional money as opposed it to. Is. Yeah, uh, it's emotional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope um, those punters get um, rewarded today. So yeah, up the wire was the best back yesterday. Um, oh, last night. Sorry, when I had a look at the market. And an interesting one, uh, in ecstasy, uh, in race five, uh, that's seen a wee bit of action as well. Unbeaten, uh, a very, very um, short career, uh, is fresh up, but the money says uh, that they expect it to go a very, very good race today in ecstasy in race five at Hastings. Nice, Paulie. What about uh, Champions League? We've got two games underway at the moment. PSV Arsenal uh, is won all. That's just about finished. Uh, Lens, Sevilla, the same score, also just about finished. But uh, we talked yesterday, Manchester United, Bayern kicks off at nine. Uh, bit of money in for Bayern. They've come into two bucks. Yes, they have. Yeah. 
Um, look, there's still hope for you, Ricardo, uh, uh, of course. Uh, man, you, uh, first of all, they need to do the business and then hope for a wee bit of luck uh, in the other game. Um, so, But the money has come for uh, Bayern Munich, uh, and they are, as you say, now into $2. Look, Man U, not without their supporters, although they are dissipating slightly. Um, this stage of the Champions League, we, we would expect to see um, quite a bit of action on Man U, and I guess just with the uh, sort of performances they've been putting on over the last month or so, uh, that's just dissipated slightly. They're just waning, um, the Man U supporters. So, yeah, money on Bayern to win this one, even though they don't need to win this at all. Well, I'll tell you what, if you, if you, if you multi-up the miracle of the draw in the Copenhagen-Galatasaray game with Manchester United winning, it pays $10.80. Uh, so... If 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 you if you believe in the uh, 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 the miracle, Paulie, you, you could be in there. But I've just had a look at the Bayern team. Harry Kane's playing, so I'd double your money but just yeah. back Bayern. Yeah, <laughs> and I I think the boys had a uh, a power player, a boosted market on Harry Kane scoring and Bayern winning. I think uh, I think I saw that late last night sometime. So check out that NBA uh, on today as well. Of course, uh, there's been money for the Celtics. Uh, at around a dollar twenty-two, money for the Lakers at a dollar seventy-eight, and um, there's been a five hundred dollar bet on the Bulls, Chicago Bulls at three dollars and forty cents. They've been the best backed outsider on the card today, and the best uh, back power play, Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, each to record twenty-five or more points, five or more rebounds, and five or more assists at eight dollars. That has seen. Quite a bit of action this morning. Yes, yeah, definitely. Actually, the Bulls are on a heater at the moment. They they tipped up the bucks yesterday, so that's not a bad bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, when someone's hot, you cook some eggs. That's what you do. That's what you do, Paulie. <laughs> now you said you were up here to work on this chase of the fox. Can you uh, pr- pr- please quantify what that means? Um, I'll be interacting with Ryan Fox uh, tomorrow uh, for a wee bit. And then um, just getting amongst the uh, the rugby players, the wires, uh, the politicians, and just sorting out a few things. So right. you're working hard for you, Ricardo. Oh, that's the main thing. Well, because we we were talking oh. talking to Baz earlier, and uh, uh, he obviously coaches the England Test cricket team. And as he pointed out, that since he's been doing that, his handicap's gone from a twelve to a two. Uh, so we're wondering how <laughs> how yours is going to be affected uh, after this week. Look, I'm. I'm more concerned with the positive effect that I have on Foxy tomorrow. So that's that's what I'm aiming for. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, he's building up to a big, big season and he can attack those majors with a wee bit of vigour. Um, now that he's got... 12 bucks. Uh, 12 bucks he's yeah. paying to win one major. I just had a quick look there. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah, you're not the only one either, is he? Yeah, it's been very, very popular with punters. Um, just like I think we um, we had a, a bit of a promotion on the Warriors last season um, to make the eight, um, and crikey, uh, 95% of New Zealand jumped on, and it seems like that's the same thing with Foxy and uh, 
his little uh, our little promotion around him winning a major this uh, coming season. There we go, Paul Mawadi, mental skills coach for Ryan Fox uh, and our <laughs> and our TAB pundit as well. Uh, good stuff, Paulie. Uh, have a great time yes, in Auckland, mate. And uh, if you've got time for a, a, a coffee, let us know. Check out all the odds, promos and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. Keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three. You've got five minutes to get one through that's going to impress Izzy and win yourself a Chemist Warehouse fragrance pack for text of the day. 13 away from nine on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Double eight, double three is the text line. We have that uh, fragrance pack. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse to give away for our text of the day. And uh, Izzy, I think uh, you've got a winner there for us in uh, uh, a man who uh, texted uh, with a question. Uh, for Foxy, back earlier in the show. Yeah, yeah, Troy from Whanganui, you're going to get uh, that Chemist Warehouse pack coming your way, my friend. I know you um, have someone in mind or you potentially might use it yourself. So well done and, and Merry Christmas to you, Troy, for your question to Foxy. Yeah, there you go, question. mate. A, uh, a fragrance pack from Chemist Warehouse where you'll find the perfect gift for your loved ones uh, this Christmas. That is, of course, Chemist Warehouse. Uh, still opportunities for you to get your texts in as well uh, for cricket tickets. If you want to win cricket tickets, we've got tickets for White Ferns Pakistan this Friday in Christchurch. The same two teams go again Monday in Christchurch. Uh, Black Caps Bangladesh Sunday in Dunners, Wednesday in Nelson, or the 23rd in Napier. If you want tickets to any of those, text us double eight double three your name, your email address, and which game you want to go to, and we will make sure you hook we hook you up. And we also have a who am I to give away to? Is he? Uh, you mm. knew this after Clue Two, did you? Oh, Clue, yeah, Clue Two gave it away. Pretty obvious. Um, and we've been trying to get this person on for a couple of days now. So I thought, okay, he's trying to lead into having him on the show today. It was all right. Yeah, you were, you were, because I thought, oh, we'll get him, we'll get him, no problem. Mm. But I was, a, I was a day early. Hopefully, we'll have him tomorrow. But we'll do. We got him tomorrow. We got him tomorrow at, at seven o'clock. Okay, yep. there you go. Uh, who am I? Hundred dollar Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Get away with golf tees and C's apply. The clues. I was born in Blenheim, but represented with the Waikato. I am an unbeaten boxer, and I played for the All Black Sevens and the All Blacks as well. Who am I? The answer. Liam Messam. So uh, well done to Will in Auckland. He texted through double eight, double three. Got that run right. $100 Adidas golf voucher coming your way, Will. Um, and plenty more tickets coming through for those texts, uh, for those tickets as well. But we did have this come through from Doug. Come on, Team Rugby. To have a chance to take down the Fox, you need Izzy in the team. There has to be an investigation. <laughs> oh, look up my... Golfing days are limited with the frustration that I have with that game. Um, now they'll, they'll be they'll be fine. I had a chance to play last year and I, I turned it down. And I guess once you turn down an opportunity and it's it successful as it, as it is right now, it's probably one of the premier events that people want to be a part of. You never get another chance. So I had my opportunity last year, turned it down, and I probably won't get another one. No. So there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we talked about who you'd sub Baz in. For the uh, for the the cricket team, who would you sub you in if you were available and did get the invite? Who would you sub yourself in for in the rugby team to give the rugby Anton. a better chance? Oh, I didn't even Anton. think about it. By far, Anton. He plays so much golf, left-handed, but poorly. 
Good man, love the bloke. Absolutely love the bloke. But I said to him, if he ever beats me off the stick, I'll give up. Go- I'll give up golf forever. <laughs> so confident I am. All oh, right, that's how bad he is. Either or, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. Read, read into that what you will. Read into that what you will. Now, if you haven't got tickets yet for the cricket, keep them coming through your text. We'll hook you up. So I've just got an email. Yeah, they've just got to send through an email and who they want, uh, how many they are after, and yeah. then they're going to get sent the tickets from Robbie? Is that how that, it works? That's how it works. So we have to do is text through. Yeah, it's easy. Text through if you want some tickets. Yeah, tell us which game you want, give us your name and your email address. It is that easy. A man that will be all over the cricket this summer is Daniel McCarty. He is in for Smithy. We'll catch up with him next. We're four away from nine o'clock on your Wednesday. It is hump day and a man who's been busy and he'll get busier over uh, the summer break, calling all the cricket and filling in for Smithy Daniel McCarty. How are you, sir? Very well, Rick Dog. Yourself? Keeping all right? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Uh, how was... Is that Izzy Dag? Is that Izzy Dag? The famous Izzy Dag. I thought you were abducted oh, by man. aliens, never coming back. Good to see you, fella. Oh, <laughs> good to see you too, damn mate. You, speaking of abducted, Smithy's been abducted again, mate. You're back in the hot seat. How good? Oh, well, I asked the audience that. I'm not sure if they agree, mate, but uh, looking forward to it. There's nothing like, uh, you know, uh, hosting talk radio day in, day out in the middle of December. Right, you know, you guys probably, probably figured out. Have you, have you figured you. it out, mate? I feel you. Yeah. What are you doing today? Yeah. Who are you clutching on to? <laughs> hey, John O'Gibbs, uh, um, I was slightly nice. delayed getting here. Um, John O'Gibbs, of course, we, we know he's back in the news, under 20 coach, uh, resource coach for the Chiefs. Louis Herman Watts had a chat to him. Uh, Lockie Ferguson, uh, he's going to join the show just after 9 o'clock. Uh, the Black Caps fast bowler, I think, is. Uh, trying to work his way back from an Achilles injury. Of course, he's fresh off the, the World Cup. There's an IPL auction in about five or six days. I'm, I'm sure his name will uh, be in a lot of people's thinking. So we, we've got a lot to, to get through. Mate, you'll have to ask Lockie sure what, about yeah. how that Achilles goes with around the golf because he's uh, in the cricket team playing chasing the Fox uh, tomorrow. Is he? Yes. Good good info. Yeah, Him, Santner. So where's that? And Ross Taylor. Uh, up in Auckland, up uh, it's at uh, where did we say Royal Auckland and Royal Auckland, yeah, Royal Auckland. There you go. And who are they playing with each other? How does it work? So you got teams. They chase Foxy. Oh they, right, they, no, no, I a thought six they were chasing Ambrose. That's a bit sort of upper class English sort of tof- toughness. And I, I know cricketers can be accused of that, but that's a bit ridiculous. Ryan Fox, I'm with you. Nothing gets past me, fellas. No, so there's a team of legends, a team of Olympians, a team of politicians, a rugby team, a Warriors team, and a cricket team. Three in each, and they basically play Ambrose against Foxy. So they take the best, like, they basically take the best shot of the three of them, chasing Foxy, whereas Foxy just is on his own, basically. Well, the cricketers bang on about playing golf so bloody often, don't they? So I'd like to think they'll do all right, don't they? Well, know, Mitch, I'm not even Mitch sure they train. Off a do scratch. they train? Now nah, they Is don't because Baz McCallum's he's off, he's off plus two. So if you yeah, he'll give you two shots if you both off a yeah, mate. He's he's crazy. so if you're on a handicap of seven, he'll give you nine yeah. shots. So he's a very good Let's, golfer. Right. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Loathe them even more. Anyway, um, <laughs> and you got that, some supporters up, out fellas. there. You got yeah. some supporters out there. Mark's come through. He said, "Mornings with McCarty. Yes, boy. He's back. Excellent. 
It's one of the family members of Tech 3. Excellent. Good stuff. Mark Give us McCarty. a call, Mark, at 9.30. I have no idea. What are, we going to talk, what are fans want to talk about at the moment? I've, I sort of went into a, you know, a non-sport hole for a couple of weeks, popped back up yesterday for the White Ferns. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to open the, opening the lines. Well, Kerry O'Keefe has said that Australia's fallen out of love with cricket, and we suggested maybe it's because nobody likes their cricket team. Um, so maybe you could do something on that. David Warner, big fan. Um, Mitchell Johnson. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they, they get along well, don't they, Jess? Right, fellas, do. have a great day. You too. Here's Johnny Mack with news for Kubota.